0: with Air Cargo World. Hello, welcome to Um Logistics with uh, Air Cargo World. My name is Kathy Morrow-Robertson and I am a weekly contributor to Air Cargo World. I tend to write mostly on freight forwarding, the express market, parcels, a whole variety of things. Um, With us today Uh, for today's podcast is Brandon Free. Brandon, I'm going to throw it to you uh, to introduce yourself. So please tell the audience a little bit more about it. Well, thank
1: you, Kathy. I'm Brandon Free, the Executive Director of the Air Forwarders Association. We're a regulatory and legislative advocacy group representing freight forwarders uh, here in Washington, D.C., we have offices uh, downtown on Pennsylvania Avenue, and uh, nowadays we're being kept very busy with uh, what's going <laughs> on in the industry, and as well as the legislative and regulatory front. So, thanks for having
0: me today. Oh, thank you. Really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us. Sure. Um, before we jump into the crux of of our topic, which I will reveal in a few minutes. Uh, just a brief overview of the market. I mean, we're beginning to see more of a – well, not beginning. We're seeing a shift from ocean to air due to so many ships sitting off the, co- the west coast of the U.S. Uh, there's a lot of congestion uh, going on in the supply chain market. And, you know, what's interesting is, I mean, already the air freight market has – endured um, a capacity crunch for over a year now it's been slowly improving, but it's still not there yet How much longer do you think Brandon that this whole shift from ocean to air is going to last, and when do you see capacity fully returning to the airport well, market
1: yeah as you say kathy you know we're seeing unprecedented volumes at the seaports you know with eighty plus ships anchored off the Coast of uh, the port of uh, Los Angeles and Long Beach. Uh, you know w- what's happening is, is that retailers, responding to over thirty uh, percent uh, spike in, in e-commerce demand, are trying to get these products to market faster. So what they're doing, they're overflying the bottlenecks by uh, uh, it, and using air freight uh, in either uh, using uh, air freighters. Dedicated aircraft just for, for freight or passenger freighters. Passenger planes have been repurposed just to haul cargo, in some cases strapped to the seats, uh, but also in, in the bellies. How long is this going to last? The experts say that we're probably not going to see any relief in this uh, activity, this volume uh, until the end of 2022 or if not into 2023, which is just mind-boggling i'm I'm sure you'll agree with that
0: yeah definitely definitely and this this shift from ocean to air do you see that continuing
1: yeah well you know here's here's what's going on 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 the ocean side, we've seen container rates, which uh, about a year ago were about two thousand dollars a box coming out of Asia, and we've seen rates in excess of twenty thousand dollars a box. So, while air freight has also gone up in price, you know the delta between the two, you know it makes air freight look like a pretty good deal when you when you factor in the the time <laughs> saved and and uh, the ability to to get your hands on on the cargo at destination. On the other hand, there have been some issues out at the airport as well, which I'm sure we'll talk about that need to be factored in, but I I would say that this peak is going to last for quite some time, uh, even though there have been some mitigation measures put into into place out at the seaports, such as you know go, going twenty four seven operations. Even though that's not fully implemented yet, uh, there was talk about implementing a hundred dollar charge per box, you know, to, in an effort to get can tears off the lots out at the ports but you know they, they've got their issues out there not the least of which is real estate they they don't have enough room for all this stuff and uh, so you know th- that's going to continue to drive massive air freight volumes
0: definitely so do you think each one the air freight market and the ocean freight market truly understand each other
1: well, I think that uh, they are definitely family cousins, and uh, but at the same <laughs> time, you know, I, I, I think that quite frankly, uh, look, it, it's it's no uh, hidden fact that most of the cargo is surface driven, and that you know, air freight only constitutes during normal times about what five percent of the total uh, volume, but in this case, when you're dealing with these huge uh, e-commerce driven volumes. You know, I, I think that ocean people understand that there's no other viable alternative. If you want the goods uh, in a time definite basis uh, to arrive at a destination quickly, you've got to go to air freight. I think they understand that. Now, do they go to bed at night worried about whether or not they're going to lose market share to air cargo? Maybe a little bit. But, you know, air cargo has never been about robbing uh, maritime of its market share. Air cargo is a value play, you know, we sell time for a living. And, and uh, so, you know, 30% of the volume uh, uh, or, or actually 30% of the value of cargo flies in the bellies of passenger planes and on freighters as well. And, and so while uh, maritime cargo is voluminous, uh, air freight tends to be very valuable. So it's value driven. And that's why I think that they, they have to coexist.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely, I agree. So, if the what would an air freight person really want the ocean freight person to understand? I mean, how do they differ? You know, I know there are some unique nuances. Yeah, well, there
1: are, there are differences. Obviously, the 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 the, the, it's, the bill leading terminology is a bit different, and and but I I it, it, and there are, there are other differences in how the, the handling uh, happens as well. But I would say that the, the most significant difference is it's, it's obviously speed. It's convenience. Um, and up to this point, it's it, it, it the cost has been a significant differentiator, obviously. Yeah. And, and, but, you know, I, I go back to the issues that we're having at the airport and, and that we need to be learning what they're seeing at the seaports. We've had significant congestion. At most these uh, um, uh, major gateways, and probably the similarity is uh, it all stems to a lack of previous infrastructure investment in years past. So yeah. if you look at most these major airports, we haven't seen much significant uh, structural investment for 40 and 50 years in the cargo areas. Mm-hmm. Now, they have nice, shiny uh, pasture terminals, and that's all wonderful. But no one really predicted that we were going to see this onslaught of demand. And so as a result, you've had huge truck waiting times they so have experienced that at the ports. Uh, but we know at the ports there's not been significant investment. And you know, part of it is because at the ports, you know, they're owned by the, the local jurisdictions. And if they don't have the money to invest, they, they simply aren't going to invest. That's why this infrastructure package that was recently in, assigned into law hopefully will help the ports. We're also hoping that it helps the air side as well over at the airports. There's $25 billion in that package that's been set aside for airport investment. The question is, how much of that is going to go over to the cargo area?
0: That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, yeah. It seems like it's always the emphasis is on the passenger, but surely this past year, year and a half has shown a definite need to improve that air cargo. Yeah, so, yeah in,
1: in the past, we've been the ugly stepchild, you yeah. know, cargo, air cargo has been the ugly stepchild. Now, I, you know, most airlines have cargo services. Mm -hmm. They're thankful for them. This year, instead of being the ugly stepchild, we've been the economic lifeboat. Right. And and a lot of these airlines, because they didn't have passenger operations due to quarantines and and, uh, the onslaught of of the pandemic, they looked to cargo to save the day. And because the numbers, the the finances were compelling enough, obviously they were able to put airplanes in the sky. They kept their crews current. They kept the airplanes flying and they made a little money in the process. Does it? Does it make up for all the passengers not flown? Of course not. But at the same time, these flights continue to operate. Any freighter that's out there, Kathy, that that you know, any air freighter that was built to fly freight is flying right now. Nothing is available. And in addition to that, you still have airlines out there that are repurposing their passenger planes to fly cargo on a
0: daily basis. So. It's amazing how they've been able to to flip or. You know, to adapt so yep. quickly, really. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and you got to remember something else. It, it, and it's been a long time, but most of these carriers on the passenger side at one time had air. Freight uh, uh, air freighter operations. They had dedicated freighter aircraft. You know, I mean, I remember. I'm not that old, but I do remember. <laughs> you know, I, I read stories where, where you know Delta used to fly uh, uh, Hercules aircraft, and yeah, that's uh, right. I, yeah. right. And and mm-hmm. so you know, United used to fly DC eight freighters, and mm-hmm. and uh, American flew seven hundred seven freighters. TWA flew freighters. You know, everyone was in the freighter business, but the economics became too unsustainable and that's why a lot of u.s carriers with the exception of one i think it's alaska got out of the freighter business. Are they going to get back into the freighter business now? Probably not. I, I The airline people I talk to tell me that the, the, during normal times, whatever normal is, I don't even know what normal is anymore. <laughs> know, yeah. yeah but, but during normal times, as we once knew them, the numbers are just unsustainable because those aircraft require a completely different maintenance regime. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's just tough to, to support that operation amidst a passenger
0: well, exactly. I mean, the, yeah. the investment, the upfront investments in that is right now, I don't think it's very.
1: Um, but speaking there, of investment, I, I mean, I got to tell you, I, I've you know, you see entrants coming into the market now. They're pulling airplanes. They've got new feedstock now because you got the 767 and they're about running low of those. But but now you got these triple sevens. that are starting to get parked in the desert. They're no longer viable for a lot of pasture carriers. And you've got companies like Eastern Airlines, the Mm -hmm. the new Eastern Airlines. They just bought like 35 triple sevens. Exactly. And they're going to repurpose these planes to what I would call light package freighters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to strip the seats out. And and while they don't have the normal floor bearing uh, for a a regular uh, uh, freighter, you know, they're still going to fly light boxes and they'll be using the bellies. And I don't know who the, the customer Customer or customers are for them, but thirty-five of these things are coming on loan, and I also think that they're going to be uh, uh, re- repurposing them or, or converting them into some regular freighters as well. But that's just an example of what you're seeing, and every day it seems someone new is jumping in. and And I got to tell you, Kathy, we should have been in the aircraft uh, conversion business because <laughs> you know the the, the folks that are converting pasture planes to freighters, you know, they've got orders that they got to. Backlogs of orders right now. Everyone's yeah. jumping on the bandwagon.
0: Oh my god, they sure are. You know, I something just popped up in my head. And love your opinion on this. Now I'm noticing more and more retailers um, <laughs> acquiring logistics providers. Oh, a lot of them are startups. Uh, and they're also venturing further into um in-housing their logistics services. What do you think the the chances are of them actually beginning to offer maybe air cargo service for their e-commerce or um, or for their own logistics fulfillment.
1: Well, it's not the first time we've seen that. You know, I mean, the past, I think Caterpillar did it a while back with, I uh, think it's called Cat Logistics. And, and oh, that's just, yeah. Right. That's just one example that comes quickly to mind. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I would say that uh, the, the thinking behind it is probably reasonable, but I would, I would caution a lot of companies that, you know, stick to your core competency, make sure you understand it's a deep ocean out there. Mm-hmm. And during normal times, you know, you have to ask yourself, will our, our core business support the freight forwarding operation that the, it, we've either just started or acquired? Mm-hmm. And if not, I, I would probably say, you know, may, it's probably best served by going to to folks who are in this every day. Now, maybe if you acquire it and, and then it, it, it's reasonable. I think what's interesting, though, is what you're what you're seeing. Um, you're seeing a number of asset providers, ocean providers, right? Jumping yeah. into And I think that's interesting. They're, they're getting into the freight forwarding business.
0: They really um, are. I mean, you've got Maersk moving all the way into the, uh, the last mile delivery. Really? Yep,
1: yep, not the first time we've seen that either. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's one of those things. Look, look back in the old days. I recall airlines jumping in, to, you know, they, they thought they'd go door to door competing against freight forwarders. And, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't work because the freight forwarding business is about relationships, yes, it is. right? Now, there are others who'd say, well, it's about technology. Yeah. Okay. It has a place. Automation has a place, and it's important. Nice
0: tool to have. Right.
1: It's a great yes. tool to have. But this is a people business. Yes, it it's is. about knowing your customer. You go to their daughter's weddings. You go to their kids' bar mitzvahs. She, you know. I mean, you you know that customer. Yeah. And I would caution someone who's trying to get into the business, a carrier getting into business. I'd say, yeah, but just realize you have to have the facilities in place to support those relationships. Yeah. Um, right. And, and you have to be good at it. Um, and, and so look, we, we welcome everyone into the pool. It's, it's, as I always say, it's a big bus. <laughs> it
0: is. It is right? And I mean, and we also have the other ocean uh, uh, company a uh, CMA CGM.
1: I know of air freighters. I saw them in Chicago.
0: Exactly. I, would, I mean, yep. their own air su- subsidiary. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on something such as that? Similar. Yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: pretty much the same thing. I just, you know, the reality is is that there is always going to be a portion of the business they have that has to be expedited. We've seen it here in the U.S. with trucking companies. Oh yeah. You know, Estes, one of our biggest members is is Estes Worldwide, Estes Forwarding Worldwide. They, they have a, a forwarding subsidiary, big. It, it is, you know, start as Trucking, but, you know, they've got, uh, uh, they expedite cargo um, that needs to be expedited. It's a perfectly reasonable, logical step for them. Yeah. Uh, but they've made the commitment that, see, the difference is they don't go into this casually. They they make the commitment. They make sure they have proper people in place, well-trained, educated people who know what they're doing. And, you know, it's not one of these uh, set-asides that they figure, well, let's see if this works. I, the ones <laughs> I know that are, are outgrowths of asset carriers are successful because they put the right people in place at the beginning and they were serious. Oh, and here's the other thing. They kept those divisions separate. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so, and, and uh, you know, and, and I think that's probably the secret to their success is that one doesn't necessarily influence the other. It doesn't mean they don't interact. It just means that they have a different division and it operates autonomously. Exactly. Yeah.
0: It is definitely um, and a fascinating market to see what CMHCGM is doing. Yep. Against what Maersk is doing. I mean, it kind of goes against the whole uh, UPS strategy of better, not bigger or yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Better, not bigger. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Look, you know, you run your business as you think you need to run. Some run it for size and and, and for market share. Other run, others run it for quality and, and yeah. service purposes. Doesn't mean that the two can't intersect, but, um, you know, it's all it's it's just your business perspective, how you see things.
0: It, 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 to me, it just seems so cyclical because I remember back in the days when I first got into the business over 20 years ago, the, the trend was to be big, to be everything to everybody. And then over the years, we saw that beginning to break apart, you know, mm-hmm. started seeing sell-offs of and just specializing in certain things. Now it seems like it's coming back again for some providers such as the Maersk, the CGMs, and so on. Um, And they they might see that as
1: money left on the table.
0: I I think so, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. now you've seen XPO split off part of their business Mm into GXO.
1: Yep. But again, I go back to what I said earlier. It's a people-driven business. Yes, it is. You have to have people in place to support those relationships. That's what it's all about.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I think between air and ocean freight folks, I think that communications, and there are the similarities, like you said, and there are some slight differences for sure. And it's just understanding them. Well, here's
1: the other thing. (laughs) You know, having my background is is in freight forwarding and and I was an air freight forwarder for a long time and we had ocean, but we, you know, my love is air. And and, and I guess I chose, but, you know, I find that in air freight, you get to talk to your customers more because the shipments are uh, uh, rapid fire. You know, Uh, uh, right? And and it's urgent. And oftentimes, Uh yes, it can be automated. And I don't want. Let let me make sure I uh, I'm clear about this. Automation has its place. Mm -hmm. Your customer should be able to get on the computer and and rapidly order a pickup and rapidly, you know, be have visibility to where the shipment is and the whole bit. But. Every once in a while in freight forwarding, this is the part I love the most about it, something special comes up. And, and you know, it, it could be the big flux capacitor that just won't fit on any plane and can't be lifted. And you got to talk to someone and you work this through. And that personal approach is very much prevalent in freight forwarding.
0: I totally agree. Yeah, that that's where I started off was in the freight forwarding world. And most of it was air. And And yeah, you can automate every part of a freight forwarder's business, Mm -hmm. but is it wise to do that? No, just as you said, is that what if? What if there's something lost? That's
1: right. And here's the other thing, Kathy. Here's the thing. Oftentimes, we find customers want your opinion on what you know. They you can see it all laid out on a computer screen, but a lot of times, a customer will just want your opinion from your perspective, from your educated knowledge base, just say, what would work better in your opinion? I see we have two different carriers here, both, you know, what, what, what do you like better? What, what is your yeah. sense? What's your gut? What's the
0: difference? And how does this airport compare against this airport?
1: Exactly. If we go into this airport, do we have the possibility of, of a potential congestion-related delay versus this airport over here that might be a little bit further away, but we might still save time?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And that is a beautiful thing that freight forwarders bring is that consulting type of um, relationship. Yes. Yeah, particularly when they're expanding into new markets, new regions, or um, or God forbid there's a strike at a port. Well, yep, what are yep. my alternatives?
1: Yeah. So I think people people say uh, sometimes, they say, oh, freight forwarding is dying. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's going to get taken over by those who are automated. And I say, no. Freight forwarding is evolving and, and, you know, yes, there are certain market conditions you really need to keep up with. I mean, you know, look, when I first had my first cell phone was about the size of a lawnmower and right. And now it's this little thing I put in my pocket. The industry evolved. Didn't mean that freight, that, that cellular phones died. They, 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 they got better. Same thing goes for freight forwarders. And we still have a lot of freight forwarders entering the business. I can tell you sitting in my chair, I get so many calls, a week from people say I'm starting up a new freight forwarding business. I'm leaving my company. I'm starting this, right. We're getting into this. We're starting a new division. It's going to be in freight forwarding. What do we have to do? Can you help us walk through the steps?
0: Wow. Yeah. That's good. That is really good. It's good to hear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well,
1: well, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's encouraging.
0: It really is. It really Mm -hmm. is. I mean, and you know, people talk about the death of globalization you know, yeah. because of this whole COVID pandemic environment, I don't know. I think it's going to change a wee bit, but globalized supply chains are here. Yes,
1: yeah, so. so I, I hate to disappoint the politicians. But I don't want to get political about this, so I won't. <laughs> but I will a little. And I will tell you that a globalized market is, in fact, here to stay, as you just said. Now, we can do a lot. You know, if a country wants to create incentives to keep manufacturing within its borders, sure. Mm -hmm. Is that is that going to happen? Absolutely. You'll see some people. But, you know, right now, the dynamic is, is that we're manufacturing a lot of our goods outside the United States. And, And most of it's done over in Asia. And that's just the way it is right now. Now, a lot of it has to do with interest rates and dollars and cents and, you know, exchange okay. rates and things like that. But I'm just telling you that, you know, it, with the ease of doing business globally with technology as a fantastic enabler. Yes, it is. Orders disappear. Mm-hmm. They really disappear. And that's why, you know, getting into freight forty is a great bet because people are going to want to be shipping.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Brandon, this has been great. I really appreciate you. joining me today it's always fun talking
1: with you well it, it's it's an absolute uh, pleasure kathy because you're a frequent guest with us too so i appreciate you having me. i just want to remind everyone shameless plug that Best that one. air car air cargo 2022 conference is happening in new orleans in person Woo-hoo! january 17th through <laughs> 19th so go to aircargoconference.com. got a lot of great content and going to be a lot of networking and great food by the way so uh make oh, sure you're in come. new orleans It's New Orleans, that's right, so yeah, Yeah, so we're preparing,
0: it's going to be a great conference. Good, looking forward to it. All right, with that, um, thank you uh, for joining us today, and for um, all of y'all, please visit aircargoworld.com to read more articles, more great articles on the air freight market. And also, be sure and check out my weekly column that usually comes out on Friday. Sometimes it comes out on Monday, just depending.
1: It's a must read. It's a must read.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And with that, thank you.